if you have your phone, I need you to download the app so you can get the notes for the service today. And while you're downloading the app, I want you to go ahead and get your tickets for the banquet because I don't want you to miss out on this one. Please, ma'am, please, sir, don't miss out on this one. This is our 30th year. Our pearl is going to be like no other. So go ahead and get your tickets while you're downloading the app, okay? Do that for me. It really means a lot to the First Lady and I that you be there. I'm serious now. When we really want you to do something, we say it over and over again. It will really bless us, bless our hearts if you were there. We're in a new <laughs> series of lessons. I feel God all in this place. Let's go to Acts, the second chapter. In our year 2022, we said renew in 2022. That's what God dropped in our spirit. And today I want to start a new series called Church Renew. Say that with me, Church Renew. I want to start off, I want to start off these series of lessons by asking a question, what is a church? What is a church? Turn to Acts 2, verse 41 is what we'll start reading. And most people don't really know what church is. Now, this is a church building, but this really not the church. Technically speaking, you are sitting beside the church. You can really say, I am the church. And you can really say, look down your road and tell everybody on your road, you are the church. It's not the building that's the church. This is the church building. This is where uh, the church comes to gather in. And thank God for the building. Thank God for the nice air conditioning. Because after we got through praising like we were praising a few minutes ago, thank God. But this is a church building, but the church is the people. It's the called out one. It's the ecclesia. It's the ecclesia. That's us. We are the church. Hallelujah. God has called us out of darkness into the marvelous light. Now, how many know that Christ loved the church? So much till he gave himself for the church. But what is the church and what is its purpose is the question. Now there are three characteristics that I want to do real quick uh, which the church must possess. Number one, and they all begin with C, commonality. Number two, community. And number three, communication. And you notice all of them start with C-O-M-M. Which denotes some type of unity. Hallelujah. So here we are in Acts 2 verse 41. Then they that gladly received his word was, were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. If we had a church service where 3,000 people came to give their life to Christ, we wouldn't have room enough to put them in. 
And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayer. Y'all see what they continued in? And fear came upon every soul and every wonders and signs were done by the apostles. That's why we were singing the song, Miracles, Signs, and Wonders. Normally, if you call yourself apostle, you should have some signs and wonders following you. But that's something for another day. And all that believed were together. Y'all see that? They were what? Together. They were what? And had all things in common. And sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. They continually daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Shows you that they were together in unity all together when they say singleness of heart. And this is the, the verse that brings it home. Praising God and having favor with all the people. Y'all see that? And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. You know why God did that? Because they were with one accord. They were together. They had singleness of heart. They were praising together. They having favor with everybody. And people start coming from everywhere. An explosion happened. And if it happened then, it can happen now. It's time for the winning church to have an explosion. Post-pandemic, it's time for us to have an explosion. They're ripe for the picking. Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, but what is the church and what is it supposed to be? Now, here's a textbook definition. Now, I'm going to give it to you. Uh, that, you know, answering that question is that a church is a body of called out believers united together for worship, prayer, Study of the word, observance of the ordinances, fellowship, proclamation of the word, and whatever service the Lord may require. That's a long definition. All right? So that's textbook definition. If our church or any church is to meet this definition, there are three characteristics which the church must possess. And I told you what they were. What were they? Commonality. Community. I just want to know if you were listening. Some of y'all wouldn't listen. I'm going to ask you again in a minute. So failure in any of these areas is to weaken the church and to fall into, uh, to be the church that Christ would have it to be. So, number one, there must be, y'all with me? What is it? Commonality. Ephesians 4, verse 4 says, there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. There's only one. Everything is about unity. At the winning church and any other church, everything should be about unity. We should be unified together. Now, this is not to pick 
on anybody or nothing like that. Yesterday, we should have been with one accord. Everybody should have been unified and thought it was important that we fellowship outside of the church. They broke bread daily. In other words, they fellowship with each other daily. We pick and choose when we're going to fellowship. But every time your church has something, you should make excuses to be there. Y'all see how that, how that works? I know they turned it the other way first. They didn't make excuses not to be there, but I turned it around. You should make excuses to be there. Right. Somebody asked you to do something. Ah, my church have it is. I can't come. Mm-hmm. It's getting quiet in here. Because they had commonality. And we should have commonality too. Now look at this. Hey, there is a common salvation. That we have, right? Salvation by grace through Christ alone. We all have that in common as believers. Common salvation. Acts 2 and 41. Then those who gladly received this word were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. So salvation by the reception of God's grace alone apart from works, rituals, or any other form of human endeavor. So salvation is only through Christ. We all have that in common. Look what Ephesians 2 and 8 says. For by grace you have been saved through what? Faith and not of who? It is what? Not of what? Lest anyone should boast. Nobody in here should stand up and start bragging that they live a great life outside of Christ. Everything that you boast about is in him. You couldn't even put your clothes on this morning to come to church if it wouldn't have been for him. You can't even put that fork to your mouth to eat if it wasn't for him. You couldn't even walk on your legs if it wasn't for him. Everything that you have and everything that you have obtained and everything about you is because of him. So You should give him the glory even though you're hurting. In sickness and in pain. In having and having not. If I have it, I'm going to give him the praise. If I don't have it, I'm going to give him the praise. If I'm not feeling my best, I'm going to give him the praise. If folk are not with me, I'm going to give him the praise. If they're talking against me, I'm going to give him the praise. If it's not working out like I wanted to work out, I'm going to give him the praise. If I don't have what you got, I'm still going to give him the praise. I'm going to give him the praise because of who he is and not because of what I have. Because if I praise him now, he will add to my life what I need. Are you sit beside a word lover? Are you sit beside a praiser today? Say, let me know and I'm going, I'm going to encourage the word today. Hallelujah. So we, that's what we got in common. Quiet is kept for some folks. We are happily saved. Yes. 
We act clamorously foolish. In other words, we holler out the Lord because of how good he is. Because when I get through praising him for this right here, I see this over here. And when I get through praising him for what's over here, I see something else over here. And I praise him for that. And when I get through praising him for that, there's something back here that I need to praise the Lord for. I'm always praising him because he's always doing something in my life. You can't take my praise from me. Hallelujah. I must praise the Lord. have my car, you can have my house, you can have my clothes, but you cannot have my praise. It is the gift of God salvation is. And then B, there's a common road map. What's the road map that all of us got? It's called the Bible. God's holy inspired word. Are y'all hearing me? That's the map. This is the road map that all of us go by. In every aspect of our lives, we go by this right here. Anything outside of this is out of bounds. Are y'all hearing me? For my personal life, this is the road map. If I'm single, this is the road map. If I'm engaged, this is the road map. If I'm married, this is the road map. If I don't want to get married, this is the road map. This is what we use. That's what we have in common. Acts 2 and 42 said they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. They continued in the teaching. You got to come to hear the teaching. You got to be here to hear the teaching. Don't let nobody distract you from hearing the teaching. You got to tell your, you got to tell your baby, you got to tell your honey, whatever y'all call each other's pet name. Say, honey, now listen, we ain't been to church in two weeks. Come on, baby girl, we got to go. Amen? Baby, I'm going to stay here, you know, and watch the game. Tape it. Download it, whatever you got to do. We got to go to the house of the Lord. The scripture of the Old and New Testaments having been given by inspiration of God are the all-sufficient and only rule of faith and practice and judge of controversy. So it is the inspired word of God. Quit talking about man wrote the Bible. 2 Timothy 3 and 16 says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good work. God had to use man because he made man and he worked through man to put it on paper but it would breathe, it was inspired by God. But let me ask you something. Would you, would you hear it if an animal wrote it? Okay. If a snake wrote it? If a goat wrote it? All right. Would you hear them? Why y'all looking like that? <laughs> he used man. See, see you, want, you want to pull that when it comes to the Bible. Okay. But when your hips sign up for college, you listen to all them folk that wrote them books in college. 
You listen to all the men. They got their name on that book, and you listen to them. English, science, and all that other stuff that they saying. You memorizing it and you everything, internalizing it and everything else. And you don't say, well, you know, man wrote this English. Man wrote this science. You don't say that then. You tell people, oh, I need this class, child. I need this class. I need this class. Well, you're going to need the Bible to graduate. Get on away from here with that. You don't say nothing when it comes to other books, and that's the only book that you got to act like, well, you know, hey, you know, man wrote that, and I ain't really got to, you listen to everything else. Huh? You listen, talking about you were created from a monkey. Evolution. See how y'all be getting quiet? You just want to pull that when it comes to the Bible. You better learn how to listen. Take the Bible and push the rest of them aside. Amen. Learn what you got to learn and dump it. And then get in your Bible and say, no, that ain't true. God created man. He scooped up some dirt from the earth and blew breath in his body, in his nostril. And he became a living soul. I believe creation. So there's a common goal. To see, common goal is the glorification of Christ. Ooh, I like that. Say it with me, the glorification of Christ. Glorification. Acts 2 and 47 tells us that the church daily was praising God. That's how you glorify Christ. That's the glorification of Christ. Ephesians 3 and 20 says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be glory. We give him glory, glorification in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. We should always give God the glory. I don't care what you got going on in life. We should glorify God every day of our lives. He deserves the glory. He deserves all glory. You should not try to accept any for yourself. God will not uh -huh, share his glory. He, he, des he deserves all the glory and then some. Can you say amen? We gotta learn how to glorify God when we don't understand it. We gotta learn how to glorify God when we can't see it. We gotta learn how to glorify God when people are talking against us walking by faith faith because we don't see it. I'm telling you, faith is the substance of things hope for the evidence of things not seen. I may not see it today, but God already showed me that if I keep on living, I shall see it on one day. I can't walk with God except I have faith. Is it impossible to walk with God unless you have faith? No man has seen God at any time. You have not feast your eyes on God, but I believe in my heart. Hallelujah. Yeah, now you know what I, this is my conclusion. Let God be true. 
What the rest of it? Y'all tell me what the rest of it. Let every man be a liar. So anything that come up against the Bible, you say, let God be true. What man, how smart, how intelligent he is. He know, he know, he's no more, he not any more intelligent than God. Amen. 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 So true. Yeah. Thank you. And say, uh-huh, to all generation forever and ever. I mean, every generation should be giving God the praise. Every generation should be glorifying God. You don't get too cute to not glorify God. You don't get too pretty that you can't glorify God. You don't get too high-mighty that you don't glorify God. We're talking about the glorification of Christ. You should give him the glory every day of your life. Well, I'm above that now. God done took you out of the ghetto, done took you for out of the project, and oh, that's above me now. Some of us didn't have a nickel nor a nail. God done bless you with two, three dollars. Now you think you something. Hallelujah. Get them little two, three pennies together. I don't need God now. The reason why we're doing as good as we are doing is because we're glorifying God with our tithes and offerings. Now, you may talk about a giver, but you'll never keep a giver down. You may eyeball them. You may roll your eyes at them. You may talk behind their back, but God going to keep on blessing them because that's a promise of God. And the last time I checked, God keeps his promises. been doing this for 38 years, preaching that is, 30 years of pastor. God been good to me. Wait a minute, hold up. Not because I'm a pastor. Not because I look handsome. Not because I'm smooth or nothing like that. You know why God been good to me? Because I've been obedient. And when you are obedient, God will bless his children. Let me see if I can test that. If your children are disobedient, do they get the blessing? When they're obedient, do they get the blessing? Well, the same thing go for your God. So how many of you would you say, oh, I'm going to be an obedient child because I need the blessing. Yes, I do. I need the blessing. I really do. I really do. Now, you may not need the blessing, but I need it. So the purpose of the church is to glorify God by being God-like in the world and to live in the world as Christ lived, to allow his life to be lived out through his body, which is the church. And as Christ was given one mission by the Father, he is in turn gives only one mission to his church. The church, listen to the mission of the church. The church exists, it should be up on the screen, in the world for the same ultimate purpose for which Christ came, watch this, is to reveal the glory of God to all men. 
Everybody should know about your God. Everybody should know about your Jesus. So that's why we as a church, the called out, the ecclesia, everybody should know about Jesus because we, the church, are opening our mouths and we are revealing the glory of God. Yesterday, we revealed the glory of God. We was out there. We was excited. We was happy. Everybody was one accord. Anybody that drove by, they'll see the revealing of the glory of God. And then there's deep, there is a common bond. Everybody shout a common bond. A common bond. Now everything we talking about common now. Acts 2 and 44 and 46 8 says, Now all who believe were together and had all things in common with one accord. So it was a common bond. We as the church need to have to have a common bond. We bond together. Are you following? When people walk through that door, they, they feel the bond. They feel the common bond. I need to be a part of this church. Because there's a common bond here. Look what Acts 2 and 4. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, we read that one. 1 Corinthians 12 and 12 says, For as the body is one and has many members, right? We got many members. But all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit, by one spirit, right? Not two. By one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jew or Greek, whether slave or free, and having all been made to drink into one spirit. That is the church, ladies and gentlemen. Someone wrote, we are called the body of Christ, not the collection of Christ's body parts. We are the body of Christ. We don't have one part, this here, but over here, this, no, no, no. We are one. So we're talking about common, right? It's a common message. Everybody said common message. Now, our common message comes from the gospel, the gospel of grace of God. Our common message come out of the Bible. We don't read all these different books. We read one book. That's the Bible. That's our common message is the Bible. Not the Quran. Amen. It is the Bible. So he says, when we give the gospel out, Acts 2 and 47, and the Lord added to the church daily those who were, to, were being saved. Daily. Every time we turn around, people should be getting saved. And then we have to come to the church and get saved. You can lead them to Christ, right? Right where you are. Well, I don't know how to lead them to Christ. You better learn how to. That's why God sent you out on assignment so you learn how to lead somebody to Christ. And I'm telling you right now, this week alone, you're going to come in contact with somebody that need to be saved. I promise you, you're going to come in contact with somebody that need to be saved and you need to listen to the Holy Spirit. Don't be too in a hurry. I got to go. I ain't got time for them. You stop and you ask them, hey, do you know the Lord? I love you so much. I want you to go to heaven with me. 
Have you accepted him as your Lord and Savior? I ain't trying to, uh, you know, to get in your business or nothing like that, but, you know, I feel real compelled and strong to ask you, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Well, no, I haven't. You know, I ain't been in church. That ain't what I asked you. You don't have to go to church except Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You come to church to grow. You get saved anywhere. The thief on the cross got saved. You got to come to church and get saved. Yes. You, you could be at the doctor's office. The doctor, they talk about blood types. You, ooh, you thought about the blood of Jesus. Yes. You say, Doc, let me tell you, I just got to ask you. I know you're here working on my body, and that's all right. Yes. But have you accepted Christ yes. as your Lord and Savior? Huh? You mess, be messing in somebody's hell. All you beauticians and barbers messing in somebody's hell. Hallelujah. Making them look good. To where they're going. I want to make you look good while you're on your way to heaven. Yes. Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? They said, no, I ain't been to church. That ain't what I ask you. If you, want to, if you want to accept him, we can do it right now. And we ain't got to be loud about it. We ain't got to go and, you know, be all, you know, uh, all belligerent and everything else like that. All we got to do is just say this prayer and you really mean it and you believe it in your heart. I ain't going to have to say much more. You're going to be looking to go somewhere that's what people believe the way you believe. Uh, hallelujah. Amen. I know that's right. Except Jesus, that's right. You might wind up with a free haircut. Hallelujah. So the church must preach the right message. Say that with me. We must preach the right message. That is the message of salvation by faith in Christ. So the message of the devastatingly terrible nature of sin, according to Ezekiel 8 and 14. Don't have time to read it. Romans 6 and 23. It warns the sinner to turn from his sin. And so this proclamation, that absolute sovereignty of God, God is after the author and the finish of our salvation. According to Jonah 2 and 9, just write that down. So the message that those who have been redeemed are to live obedient lives unto the Lord. Oh, there it is. That's what we should be doing. We should be living a life of obedience unto the Lord. Why? Because you've been redeemed. You don't live that old raggedy life like you used to live. Because you have been redeemed. Somebody shout, I've been redeemed. When I mean, you've been redeemed, you don't live that old raggedy life like you used to live. Because God doesn't got a hold of you. So the inner question of man's heart for centuries have been, uh, what must I do to be saved? And some think by obtainment, God says by atonement. Some declare by character. God says by the cross. Some maintain by courage. But God says by Christ. Some assent by trying. God says by trusting. Christ's answer is crystal clear. Ye must be born again. That's just all it is to it. So we got to have that commonality. How we operate as a church. Then number two, there must be community. Within the body of Christ, there is to be care and compassion. Say that with me, care and compassion. That's a double C. Highlight that, underline it. 
Do what you got to do with it. Care and compassion as a blood brought, blood washed body. We got to have care and compassion. That's what a church must have. Acts 2 and 42 tells us that the early church was committed to fellowship. Acts 2 and 46 says that they were in with one accord. Acts 4 and 32 says they were of one heart and one soul. So a church rallies together, reaches out to meet the needs of one another, stand with one another, and not against one another. We are here to stand with each other. We're here to stand together. We may not understand each other. We may say something wrong. We're not perfect. We may even do something that, you know, that may not even be becoming of a Christian. But we all should stand together enough that we correct each other and be there for each other. If you love me, you'll tell me the truth. Sometimes it's tough love. That's all right. My feelings might get stepped on, but I'm going to be all right. You've been stepped on before, but I'm going to be all right. I'd rather you tell me the truth and I end up in the right place than you telling me something that's wrong and I end up in the wrong place John 13 34 said a new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you that you also love one another say that with me it's about love John 15 and 12 said this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you you didn't know all that was in there did you Maybe some of you did. But when Jesus speaks about love, it is always a special type of love. Unselfish love. Loving the other, others for the other's sake without anything in it for yourself. Without anything in it for you. You just love them because Christ loved you. You love them even if they don't love you back. They won't return it in, in return. You love them because that's what's inside of you. Some of you all got, you know God saved you. You know God turned you around because you don't respond the same way you used to respond. When they hated you, you hated them. When they tried to do something to you, you did something to them. But now you find yourself loving them and not hating them. Why? Because you got a different heart. You got a different mindset. You don't respond the same way you used to respond. If you respond the same way you used to respond, a lot of folk would have been knocked out. But you don't respond the same way you used to respond. According to Galatians 5 and 13, we are through love to be in bondage to one another. In other words, we are to be or uh, to let agape love make us a bond servant to one another, resulting in the acts of bond service. Yes, that's what God wants us to do. We're here basically to serve each other. Romans 14, Matthew 18, Matthew uh, 5, and Galatians 6. I ain't got time to go through all of them. All deal with the proper way to deal with those who are weaker brothers and sisters in Christ and how to handle conflict within the body of Christ when it arises. But when the conflict arises, agape love must rise higher in a, in, a, in a spirit of meekness and compassion. When you see your brother and your sister overtaken in a fault, you need you that are strong need to strengthen them. You that are strong need to pray for them. You that are strong need to pull them back up. You that, my God, got it going on. You need to right, help them right in the wrong. When you see them going in the wrong direction, say, hey, turn back around. Let's go in the right direction. Why? Because we are loving each other like we should. Right. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. How many 
many times have the devil pulled a trick on us and have us mad with one another because we didn't understand what, 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 the, uh, what the other person was doing. And where we were before, we got pulled back down to here and we're stuck here because we still remember when I was here and they said something to me and I came down here. No, don't you let what happened in our past. All what was happening is our relationship got tested. But don't you stay down there. Go back up to where you were and go beyond that because the enemy don't want you to have what he was going God was going to give you when you were here. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. You already know ain't none of us in here perfect, not even your bishop. I may say the wrong word. I may say God and meant the devil. I may say the devil and meant God. But it's okay. I'm gonna get, we're going to get it right. We're going to help each other. Is that right? We, the Bible said we should know each other. Know them that labor among you. If you know them that labor among you, you know where my heart is. My intention is not to harm you nor hurt you. My intention is for you to grow. What I get out of you not growing, what I get out of you not getting God's best, what I get out of you being pulled down, pulled back, I don't get nothing out of that. Matter of fact, I get more out of you being promoted, lifted up, going forth, going in God, growing in God. I get something out of you having a good marriage and your marriage growing and it was here but now it's here and you're about to go up here. I get joy out of that. I get joy out of your ministry. You started off kind of rough, but God, my God, smoothed out the rough edges and now, my God, you pray like nobody's business. You are a prayer warrior for the nation. You started out, oh, maybe, maybe I lay my, my soul down to keep the... No, that ain't it. God wanted you to have a bonafide prayer life. Now you're praying, my God, and rebuking demons and devils. My God, pulling down stronghold. Why? Because God didn't call you to graduate in your prayer. You start out one way, but you're not going to end that way. Hallelujah. I'm preaching a little hard in here. Hallelujah. We don't let the devil come between us. Been your pastor for 30 years. I, I know that many of our relationships in here been tested. Yeah. I know you've been tempted to quit. I know you've been tempted to walk away. But that's not the answer. Yes, the Bible says be sent out if that's where you want to go. Because most of the time you want to stay where it's just comfortable and it's good. I don't go start nothing. Bishop, don't send me nowhere. <laughs> now, I got quiet there because some of them said, don't look over here in my direction. <laughs> I ain't looking over. I'm just, you know, I'm just perusing. The, but, 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 but listen, if God call you out, he's going to give you the grace to do it. Okay. All right. What if it wasn't God? What if you missed it? 
What's the worst can happen if you if, if I send you out, you went out and it didn't work or whatever like we miss it, I miss it, Bishop, we all miss it, whatever like that. What's the worst can happen? You come back home. You don't burn the bridge so you can't come back home. Some folk burn the bridge, tear it down, blow it up, and they can't come back home. You know, some people, they, they really, they think they all that. But the only reason why you got the authority that you have, somebody gave it to you. I lay hands on somebody, they, you know, or whatever. I ordain you, give you a license, you know, ordain you as an elder, whatever like that. Thing. And then, you know, all right. Somebody gave you that authority. If I say so-and-so going to come up here and preach, they, they, everybody going to listen to you. Why? Because Bishop believed in him. Because if he wouldn't would have laid hands on him, if he didn't believe in him. Bishop believe in me. Hallelujah. I'm accountable to this ministry because this ministry believe in me. You don't take the authority and say, oh, everybody that I got that, that love me, y'all come on, go with me. That's not the way you do it. You do it this way. If, you, if you're really ready to go, I send you out and set you up. I invest money in you. Send you out, and then I say stuff like this. Everybody want to go over there and help him get started. Y'all go with him. Right, right, right. How many of you have heard me say that? Yeah. All right, look at all these hands around here. You heard me say that, right? Yeah. I meant that. Yes, sir. Amen. Because I want you to succeed. Yes. Amen. I don't want you to fall on your faith. That's a mark against me if you don't succeed. When I train my son, train my daughter, I want them to succeed in life. When we were raising our children, we were raising uh, 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 Myra as a, a godly woman because she's going to meet a godly man one day. Right. We're raising Jairus as a, as a man of God because he's going to meet a woman of God one day. So I need him to be the man of God that he need to be when he meets his woman of God. I don't need him to be trying to get ready. I need to be trying. He need to be trained before he meet her. Same thing with you. When you go out somewhere preaching and teaching, you don't need to be getting ready. I need to be all ready to train you. My God, and this is a part of your training here. You get to work. I, I know people in this city that say, B, I know your members anywhere. That's what Bishop Reed used to tell me when he was like, I know your members anywhere. He said, you got learned members. Ain't called no name of the church in, in, in time. He said, now this church over here got thousands over here that, you know, that do little. He said, but you might have a hundred and you outdo the thousand over here that, you know, everybody ranting and raging about. He said, you know why? Because you are training warriors and soldiers. He said, they going to be seen to be part of something big, but your people coming to learn so they can go into battle. That's what my spiritual father told me. 
Hallelujah. We ain't playing with the devil over here. If you get devil in you, you're going to find out too. We ain't playing with you either. Hallelujah. We got some folks over here to rebuke the devil in a minute. Huh? Run up on one of them and say, the devil is a liar. Satan, the Lord rebuke you. I curse the ground that you walk on. In the name of Jesus, I command you to leave now. Woo! And they'll mean every word of it. So we got to have this compassion. As compassion decreases, listen to me now. This is what Kent Croquette uh, 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 said. He said, as compassion decreases, criticism increases. But as compassion increases, criticism decreases. So we got to increase our compassion. Right? So that criticism can decrease. You won't criticize as much if you would increase your compassion. That's good. Amen. Some of us need to have more compassion on folk. Amen. You know, I, 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 I tell folk, save up a whole lot of forgiveness. All right. Because you know. You need to be able to pull it out at any time to give out forgiveness because you know one day you're going to need it. You right here not forgiving people, no, I ain't going to forgive you, I ain't going to forgive you, I'm definitely not going to forgive you. And you can just don't even worry about it. You do that foolishness, something going to happen in your life and you're going to need forgiveness. And you're going to reap what you sow. And the saints going to be trying to pray for you and everything else. We're like, well, ain't nothing working. God said, uh-uh, leave it alone. I'm, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm teaching them a lesson. See, they wouldn't forgive. And I'm showing them what unforgiveness feels like. The same unforgiveness you gave out is coming back to you. I want, you, I want, I want to show you what unforgiveness feels like since you don't want to forgive somebody. The church compassion must increase and criticism must decrease. You don't come to church to criticize. Fault fine. Oh, I saw that. He said the wrong words to that song. Oh, he misquoted that scripture. Oh, she did not do that right. Oh, he didn't do that right. Oh, he didn't hand out the fans right. Uh, he didn't cheat. Uh, what? Come to church to find fault, to criticize. You finding fault and criticizing, you ain't perfect yourself. You need to hush your mouth and go ahead and start serving. When you serve, you less criticize. It's the folk that not serving, that's sitting on the stool or doing nothing, that's pointing fingers at everybody. If you were in the game serving, you wouldn't be criticizing nobody. Amen. I 
can play that. I can play that. I can play that organ. I can play that drum. I can play that guitar. You, you listen. You can't do nothing because you ain't done it yet. Because if you could do it, you'd have been undone it by now. Why they didn't give me a song to lead? Maybe. Maybe you only sound good in the shower. Was that good? Was that good? Was that better? I won't say something else, but that, that, that came from that. All right, that's the best I can do right there. So God expects us to obey his law of love, loving as Christ loves us. It's all about love. Somebody shout, it's all about love. Somebody composed some, what love got to do with it? Love got everything to do with it. Look at John 13 and 35. Said, by this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. How they going to know? Because we love each other. We deal with each other accordingly. It's the way I treat you that they see that caused them to say, oh, that's a disciple of Christ. But if you running me down, talking behind my back, Pastor Bishop, he ain't nothing. He don't know what he's talking about. Child, please. First of all, what are you doing over here? That says a whole lot about you. There ain't nothing. You coming over here to hear nothing, but that says a lot about you. You wasting a whole lot of your time to doing nothing. And then finally, let me go through here because I got to get y'all on to the house because the game on today. Number three, there must be communication. Everybody say communication. communication. Now, watch this. How many of you have ever failed in communication? Let me raise both of my hands. You failed in communication. Yes, yes, you knew what to say. You knew how to say it, but you still failed. Yes, right. And watch this. I hate to bust your bubble, but you're going to fail some more. All right. All right. But you don't have to stay in a failing situation. You don't have to have a failing spirit, if you will. So there must be communication internally. Everybody say internally. In other words, inside the body, inside us, it's with all of us. We must have communication within us. Got it? Acts 2, 44, 45. Now all who believe were together, Right? And had all things in common and sold their possessions and good and divided them among all as everyone had need. So there is to be a communication of needs, material and spiritual. At some time or another we need material, sometime we need uh, spiritual. So the bishop, I don't know if she's here today, but anyway, she came and told us about her cousin or who it was. And there was, uh, I guess, a, a family of seven. Everybody kind of rallied and started bringing in things. She said, ooh, child, I don't know how I'm going to take all this stuff over there. That's because all of us was moved with compassion. If you couldn't give that, you gave money. I don't know what else they need. They can tell us, tell us if you, if, if you, so the bishop, brother, bishop, you here. Tell us what else they need. 
because they got burnt out. They don't have nothing. Have you ever been to a place where you everything got burnt out and you have nothing? If you can't have compassion on people like that, something wrong with you. Because if that would have happened to you, you'd been crying your eyeballs out there. Oh, y'all help me. So internally, Galatians 2, 6 and 2 say, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. I ain't bearing nobody's burden. Bear their own burden. I'm sick of y'all anyway. Tired of all y'all. All who? First of all, you don't deal with half of us in here. How are you going to be tired of somebody you don't even know them? He said, but you got to bear one another's burdens. In other words, you see that burden, that, that load is heavy. You come alongside and help them with it so it won't be so heavy. Then somebody else come on along, then another person come, and before we know it, it's light on all of us. I love the word. How about you? Yeah. Now look what, ooh, look what James 5 and 16 say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Confess your trespasses to one. Now that's something we don't want to do. I ain't telling you my business. I ain't telling you what I've been. Uh-uh. I want you to think I'm perfect. Confess your faults. Or confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another. That you may be healed. So when you tell me something, I tell you something, we start praying so we can both be healed. I don't tell you something, you tell me something. So you go one way, I go another way. You tell my business and I tell your business. No! When I did in there, when we share, we pray that both of us be healed. Then he said, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So the church needs to be ready to pray for each other in whatever situation God places us in. Hebrews 10 and 25 tells us that we should not stay away from the church meetings as some have developed a habit of doing, but we should meet together and encourage each other. We need to do this even more as you see the day of Christ's return coming. We know Christ is coming. He's saying that we need to be in the church every chance we get. We need to gather. We should not forsake it to assemble ourselves together. Whoever trying to pull you away from the house of God, you tell them, go on with that. I'm going down to the house of God. What better place to be in when you got trouble? What place, better place to be in if you're, if you're hurting, if you, if you need healing? What place is a better place to be in? You say, oh, you know, I got this sickness. I need somebody to pray for me. Anybody got any oil? Let where the elders, let the elders, the elders need to pray for me. They need help. Let, listen, learn the scriptures. And you know what I was thinking? The reason why people ain't asking the elders to pray for them because the elders don't know how to pray or get a prayer through. The elders too busy to pray for anybody. If you are elder, you should be ready to pray for folk. That means you gotta have a bonafide life of prayer. 
I'm not picking at, uh, uh, trying to, you know, throw no rocks at nobody. But, you know, prayer time, even at the noonday prayer, is the smallest time where we have the lowest attendance in prayer. Now watch this. I was over in Saudi Arabia for a whole year by myself. I don't, listen, I don't want to ever do that again. But what I saw, when I, when sometimes I'd be in my, in my room, and, and that sound comes on, Allah Akbar, got it in my head. Allah Akbar. I would see people pull over to the side of the road, pull their, 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 their little rug out, their prayer rug, and get down on their knees, and pr- they'll stop everything they're doing. And they do that three times, at least three times a day. Three to five times a day, they do that. We can't come one. We can't pray one. I don't care if, you, if you're not coming here, you should be with one accord with the body of Christ where you're praying wherever you are. Say, so excuse me, sir, let, can I go and do my prayer time? I'll be right back. I'm going to just take my break. My break this time is going to be prayer. If you want to come with me, you come with me. But this is the time I know my church uh, body is praying right now at the church. I can't get there, but I'm going to pray right here. No excuses. And while I'm there, it's out of style. It's past due to use COVID as an excuse not to be where you are. That's old. Quit using COVID. I went, I, went, I went to Walmart yesterday. I couldn't even get a parking space. I went up there and all the buckets were gone. With the Krogers, the same thing. The world is moving on. It's post-COVID. Quit using that as an excuse not to come to the house of God. COVID out there. Well, you should have told that to the world. Because they back business as usual. And I'm not going to give what I, what I give to the world more than what I give to God. Hallelujah. I may not be preaching to your standard today, but it's all right. I'm going to wrap this on up. Some of y'all looking funny now. As a church, communication between us is necessary. And this means sharing what God is doing in our lives and building each other up through wholesome fellowship and sound communication. The enemy, you know, I don't know what, why would we allow the enemy to put in us, well, you know, I really can't talk to him because, you know, he real busy. Or I can't talk to her because, you know, she, I know she don't really, you know, talk to people like me. What you mean people like you? I, I can't talk about nobody else. But I can talk about me and first lady. We'll talk to anybody. I just can't talk to all y'all at the same time. In other words, we have to make an appointment. Because you know you don't want to talk in front of the other three couples that we got here. Y'all want to get around the table and talk about your business? You know you don't want that. You want our undivided attention, right? So let's make an appointment. Let's, let's, let's give me, I'm going to give you my undivided attention. I'm, I'm the phone, cut that off. Let's, let's talk. 
We got to communicate. Most certainly can. Leaders already know. They all of them got my phone number. I haven't changed my number in about, in what, 30 years. Same number. But, I, you know, I couldn't get you. That's a lie. I know by now you done changed your phone. Nope. Is that quiet to get in here? And you know the enemy will have us like that. You know, I, I don't know why. Why are you scared to communicate with your leader? Why are you scared to communicate with your bishop? If you done done wrong, the first patient person you need to run to is me. I can, I can help you. I can cover for you, not cover up for you. Let's, let's make that, there's a difference. Man, you mess with somebody's wife. No, we got to talk. Uh -uh. I'm not the one. But I can cover for you, not cover up for you, but I can help you. Don't go tell everybody else and tell me last. Now it's already out in the open. I got to deal with it in the open. And before, we could have just dealt with it right here, and boom, it was shut down. But no. You're going to make me the last person you tell. Hallelujah. So watch this. And that's, that's right, Angie. you got family care too. That's what it's supposed to be, family care. But Ephesians 4 and 29, look what it says. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. What that mean to you? Some of y'all got corrupt communication coming out your mouth. We need a bunch of soap. Wash these Christian mouths out. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. I'm not making this up. But that which is good to be used. Whatever come out of your mouth should be building somebody up. That it may minister grace unto the hearers. Somebody come by while I'm ministering to you, building you up. They're going to be like, oh, man, if I get a little low, I know who to go to. Hallelujah. And then if you minister to people, you're building them up. One day you get low, guess what? All of them going to build you up. Hallelujah. Romans 14 and 19 says, therefore, let us pursue the things which may be peace and the things which uh, things by which one may edify another. So we, we're here to build each other. And then finally, external, outside the body. We need to build a body up outside the body. 2 Corinthians 5 and 19 tells us that Christ has given his church the message of reconciliation. Say that with me, reconciliation. Uh-huh. As it is God's desire that the church declare his glory, God also desired that the church bring his glory into the lives of others by making disciples through the communication to the world the truths of his word. Our aim should be 
giving out the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel, the good news of grace, provides the only true message for the spiritual healing and freedom both in this life and the next life for a lost world. That should be our desire. According to Acts 2 and 47, the early church found favor with the people and their communication was believed and received. The reason was their lives as, they, their lives as the body of Christ match their word. Words. Our lives got to match our words. We got to say what we mean and then do what we mean. We got to do what we mean and then say what we mean. You got to walk like we talk and we got to talk like we walk. It's got to line up. Our words and our actions got to line up. Are you hearing me here? So we cannot be a hypocritical church, a church of hypocrisy. People are tired of folk being hypocrites. You're saying one thing, but you're living another. You're doing one thing, but you're living another. You come in here and act like you, we're lovey-dovey, woo, we are a good family. Look at us and our kids. But you go home and you raise all kind of Hades. You're throwing stuff. You're putting holes in the wall. The cops coming three times a week. Hey, you living one thing here, but you're living but another one at the household. You've got to be able to live Christ in front of your children, in front of your wife, in front of your husband, in front of your boss, in front of their co-workers. you got to be able to be the same every day and twice on Sunday. Are you hearing me in here? You cannot say I am a man of God and a woman of God and I got a collar on and I got a Bible in my hand and I know Greek and I know Hebrew. I know child. I know all these things but then I do not have a bona fide relationship with Christ and I cannot live it in front of my family. Are y'all hearing me up in here? You got to be able to communicate this thing. You got to have commonality with the people. You got to let them know that, hey, I got to pray like you pray. I got to go to God like you got to go to God. We got things in common. We, I need saved like you need to be saved. I need to live a life of holiness like you need to live a life of holiness. And we got to learn, 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 learn how to communicate with one another. Can you say amen? We can't be talking to each other like like dogs, dirty dogs, and then expect God to bless our lives. Uh, you talk to God one way, but you talk to your brother another way. Uh, you talk to God one way, and you talk to your wife another way. Uh, you talk to God one way, and you talk to your children another way. Uh, you talk to God one way, and you talk to your wife another way. Uh, you talk to God one way, and you talk to your husband another way. No, that is not to be said about you. You need to be satisfied. When they talk about you, they say, hey, they are consistent. They're the same way when I see them on the, on the highway, the same way I see them at the house of God. Uh, can you say amen? I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe God is raising up a church in these last days uh, that really want to do what God called them to do. Uh, uh, Jesus said, upon this rock, uh, I'll build my church uh, and the the gates of hell uh, will not prevail against it. Uh, well, what is the rock you talking about, Jesus? Uh, upon the holy word of God, uh, I'll build my church. Uh, can you say amen? Uh, how do you know his word is his word? Uh, God said, I swear by my word. Uh, why in the world uh, can anybody answer?
to me. Why do God have to say he swear by his word? Maybe because we don't really believe his word. Why do God that knows everything that created everything have to say he swear by his word? When he is a way, the truth, and the life, he's still got to convince man that I am that I am. Well, God should have to convince you if you're the called out one, if you are the ecclesia. He shouldn't have to convince you because you have a relationship with God. You had an experience with God. I just got a question for you before I go to my seat. How many of you, how many of you got a relationship with God, have an experience with God? Can you say amen? You might not know every scripture. You might not know where it's found, but you had an encounter with God. You had an experience with God, and nobody, nobody, but nobody, y'all hear me? Nobody can tell you that God is not real, because he changed your life. He turned your midnights into day. He turned your life around and put you on a rock to stand. Can you shout glory? I'm glad. Somebody say, I'm glad. I'm glad that the Lord lift me up and turn me all around. How many of you glad today? Lift up your hand and say, I'm glad to be saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, and fire baptized. Can you shout, yeah? Yeah! I went to the church house one day. My soul was in a mess. I heard the words of the Lord. I came running down the aisle and gave my heart to Jesus. Can you say amen? And I'm glad that he turned me around. Can you say amen? Y'all have a good day now. But I feel real good in the subterranean of my soul. Way down in my sanctified soul. Because I know that Jesus lives. I know he heals. I know he saves. And he satisfies. Shout yeah. somebody and say let the church be the church if we're gonna be a church let's be a God called church let's be anointed church let's be a spirit filled church let's be led by the power church can you say amen why you call yourself the winning church because God wants to win souls. There's some souls you gotta win. 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 Why do you call yourself the winning church? Well, well, we're the winning church. 
trap because we win in life. God wants all of his people, all of his children to win life. Can you shout yes? Look down your row and tell your neighbor, tell your neighbor, I'm winning in life. And God wants you to win in life. Yes, you got to win in life. We depending on you to win in life. Shout glory. Now look back at them and say, I am, I will win in life. I'm on my way to another winning season. Shout glory. Yeah. I am, I'm a winner. Get somebody out by and say, I am a winner. I am, I am, I, 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 I. Look down your own person. I want you to be a winner in life. Tell him, say, matter of fact, you will. Come on, prophesy to him, say, you will be a winner in life. Your losing season is over now. You're a winner and you cannot lose. You got winning in your spirit. You got winning in your heart. You got winning in your mind. You got winning in your soul. With it all down in you. Shout, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Look at somebody say, I came in here with him. Because I came in here with her, and I'm leaving out of here with her. Come on, tell somebody, I came in here with her, and I'm leaving out of here with her. And when I get home, I'm gonna be a winner. When I go to the grocery store, go to the restaurant, I will continue to be a winner. I got winning in me. Can you shout glory? Yeah! winners at I need my winners to act like they're a winner lift your hands and give God a praise shout like you're a winner open your mouth and give him a So everybody standing, I'm done. What is the church? I hope you 
go back to the app and listen to the words that we share today. I am determined that we really be the church that God wants us to be. We should know how to conduct ourselves internally and externally. When we come in here, we know how to conduct ourselves. When we go out there, we know how to conduct ourselves as men and women of God. Are you hearing me? And while we're standing, if you're here today,